So let's see if I have this right. A man is relieved of a million-dollar debt. And the first thing he does is to turn around and cruelly mistreat a fellow servant who owed him a measly ten bucks. We're told that he had that man thrown into prison until he could pay his debt. Can you believe that? No, no way, not going to happen. Except it did, and it does. Well, same story, different details, of course. That's why Jesus told this parable. Even though he uses what to us might seem to be an absurd comparison, a million dollars versus ten dollars. Peter asked Jesus a question that that Peter thought was a decent one. How often should I forgive my brother who sins against me as many as seven times? And, And Jesus just turned that question on its head. It's not about how many times someone forgives. It's about forgiveness. Peter asked the wrong question. But Jesus used that as an opening to talk about a problem that he had observed. That can be a problem for us as well. That's why at the end of the the parable, Jesus says that the the ungrateful servant is how we sometimes refer to him, that, that he himself was thrown into prison. And then Jesus gives this warning. So also will my heavenly Father do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Can you believe that? Do you believe that? You should. Jesus said it. And and we can believe everything that Jesus says. So let's believe him also when he tells us to forgive. I want to dig into that a little bit um, today, and and especially we're going to use the the three pretty simple questions that are in your sermon outline, whom, why, and how. So, whom? Whom does God forgive? That's easy, isn't it? He forgives everyone. Whom does God want us to forgive? Just as easy. He wants us to forgive everyone everyone. How about this one? Whom do you need to forgive right now? For some, maybe a name or a face came immediately to mind. And others maybe couldn't think of anybody in particular. Either way, Jesus has something to say to each of us. As we remember his words, so also will my heavenly Father do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Now, there are two extremes that we need to avoid as we try to understand what those words of of Jesus mean. Those extremes are, are listed in your sermon outline. The first one is ingratitude. There might be a better word, but I couldn't come up with it. Um, but, but this actually pertains not just to whether or not we forgive, but, but really to every aspect of our Christian life. 
And what I mean with the word ingratitude is, is simply that, that maybe sometimes we have a, a rather cavalier attitude towards what Jesus has done for us and, and what Jesus offers to us. That we, we fail to, to see a connection between two events. One is when Jesus forgives us, and the other when we have the opportunity to forgive someone else. A cavalier attitude that, that is grateful, you know, it says thank you, but, but then just goes about our business as if nothing really important just happened. That's a problem. It's a problem for many Christians. Truth be told, it's a problem for every Christian, for each one of us, one time or another, in one way or another. Ingratitude is one extreme to avoid. The other is despair, that we despair of of ever getting it right. We take Jesus' words to heart and and we look in our own hearts and and we see our imperfect forgiveness and and sometimes our even unwillingness to, to try to forgive. And we become terrified that God is going to forgive us only to the extent that we are able to forgive others. And that's not at all what Jesus is saying. He wants us to know that we are really, truly, fully forgiven. Remember the first question we asked about whom does God forgive? What was the answer to that? We're going to put it up on the, on the monitor so that, that we really have a chance to think about that. God forgives everyone. But Let's change that word everyone to what everyone includes, which is you. Please don't doubt that God forgives you. Don't ever doubt that. Sometimes maybe we do, though, because uh, maybe we, we feel a little bit like Joseph's brothers in the Old Testament lesson. If you don't remember the account of of Joseph and his brothers, go to the book of Genesis and uh, towards the end of it start reading about it. But, But Joseph's brothers didn't think he was going to forgive them. And I think it was because of what they knew about themselves, not so much what they thought about Joseph, but what they knew about themselves was first of all their sin and secondly, themselves. So what I mean by that is, maybe remember their sin. It was a horrible sin, almost unbelievable what they did. They, they took their brother, I think 17 years old, and, and they sold him into slavery to a foreign country, not knowing, not caring what would happen to him as a result of that, but, but they had to know that it couldn't be good. Horrible sin that they committed. What they knew about themselves, I think, was that they didn't have any mercy. That's why they sold him. And maybe they also knew that if, if they were in Joseph's position and, and somebody came to them after, they, after that somebody had done what they had done to Joseph, there's no way they were going to forgive him. You know, and actually there's something good about that, at least to start. 
Because they were honest with themselves, and and we also need to be honest with ourselves, fully, even brutally honest about our sin and, and ourselves. But here's the problem for them. They got stuck there. Focusing on their own sin and and maybe trying to figure out how they could make it up to Joseph. And there's no way they could do that. Even as there was no way that, did you notice this in the Jesus parable? The guy who owns a million bucks, what does he say? Oh, I'll pay you back. How in the world would that happen? He was a slave. Couldn't happen. In the same way, that's why his master forgave him in the parable. In the same way, Joseph's brothers could never pay him back for what they had done to him but they didn't have to and that's the point what they needed to do was to take their focus off themselves and and put it on Joseph who was merciful God wants us to to take our focus off ourselves and our sin and to put it on Jesus who is also merciful and who enables us then to forgive others there's one more thing I think we need to talk about and under this whom do we forgive and, and that is well what if somebody doesn't want my forgiveness doesn't ask for it that's a little bit like Peter's question isn't it how often do I have to forgive my brother do, do I really have to forgive somebody who, who doesn't ask for my forgiveness what do you think it's not what we have to do it's what we want to do because of Jesus. Why would we even consider forgiving someone who who didn't apologize, who didn't ask for our forgiveness? Because that's exactly what God does. He forgives us way before we ever come to Him. In fact, it's knowing His forgiveness for us that makes us bold to come into His presence to confess our sin to Him. So, so why forgive? Because God forgives. And that gets us to the, to the second point in, the, uh, in your outline, the, the why. And, and the, the answer there is going to be more than this, but, but part of the answer anyway is let's not get this wrong. We forgive not to be forgiven, but because we have been forgiven. Because we are forgiven. And I think Jesus' command to forgive is as much an invitation as it is a command because God wants us to forgive because He knows it's good for us to do. He's concerned, first of all, about our spiritual health. And He knows that a that a heart that is, is hardened towards others because we refuse to forgive them can can eventually can become hardened towards others and, and maybe even towards God, but a heart that is, is soft and seeks to forgive is a heart that, that can also welcome and experience God's forgiveness. For our spiritual good, God wants us to forgive, but also for our emotional health because God created us also to be emotional beings, even separate Uh, to some degree anyway, from the spiritual side. Now here's where the internet has been my friend because it's it's really good for for last minute uh, sermon preparation. I've been working on this sermon for a while, but it just occurred to me Thursday afternoon, wouldn't it be great 
if there were some quotes about forgiveness that I could put up on the screen, and not ones that we've all seen before, so a little Google search helped me out there, and so I got a couple. I don't know either of the individuals who said these things. I don't know if they're Christian or not, and in a way it doesn't matter because they're talking about the emotion that goes along with forgiveness. We've already talked about the spiritual side of that, but here's the, uh, here's the quotes. The first one, when you forgive, you in no way change the past. We know that's true, don't we? But, but how about the last of this? But you sure do change the future. I'll leave that one up there as I put a, another one up. And that is, to forgive is to set a prisoner free. And the last part of that, and discover that the prisoner was you. God wants us to forgive others for our own spiritual and emotional health. But there's other reasons as well why God um, instructs and and invites us to forgive. It's not just for our own sake, because God loves us, but He doesn't love just us, He also loves others. And so He invites us to forgive others also for their sake. And as long as we're quoting people, I'm going to... uh, to quote another one. This man is a a Christian. In fact, he's a Lutheran pastor. I was here at St. Lawrence uh, years ago. He's a counselor and psychologist. His name is David Ludwig. Maybe maybe you've heard that name before, but he talks about relationships um, that have a problem in them in this way. So he talks about when when you're in a relationship and, and things are going well, you're both on the same level. You're both even. And then inevitably, something's going to happen, right, where, where one or the other says or does something that offends. And what that can do then is make the one who was offended feel kind of lesser than that. And then this person has a choice to make. Am I going to live here in this relationship that's out of balance, or am I going to try to make it even? And what do we do by nature to try to get even? We strike back. Only... And so we're going to bring the, the first one down, only what happens is that one ends up coming down even just a little bit more, and then, well, wait a minute, now the relationship isn't even, I'm going to try to get us even, and down this way, and down this way, and, and it never balances out. Except for when both people in the relationship recognize that when one or the other sins and so one is diminished in the relationship, the best approach is to not to try to get even because that won't work, but rather to even things by forgiving the other because that doesn't lower one person, but it raises them to where they both are at the same level where once again we're even. So we forgive well, for our sake, but also for the sake of others. And I want to emphasize how important that is also in the, in the Christian community and, and, and in, a, in a Christian congregation like St. Lawrence. And I want to make sure you know that this isn't prompted by, by anything uh, specific. I think St. Lawrence does a marvelous job, our members do, of getting along together and, and, and working together. But it's always the possibility, isn't it, that somebody's going to do something to offend somebody else, and the next thing you know, the congregation, instead of focusing on the mission that God God has given us focuses on the hurt and the pain that we've caused each other. God wants us to forgive each other, big and little offenses, so that we 
as individuals and as a congregation can continue in his mission. But there's another reason as well, and that is the effect that that has on those outside of the church. Many an individual has been attracted to Christianity because of the lifestyle of the Christian. It works the other way as well, of course. Uh, but you can read account after account, now I'm thinking especially of, of those who had been adherents of the Muslim religion, which really that culture and that religion is one of revenge, and how those in that religion or those with no religion see Christians acting entirely differently than the culture, than the world around us, in that we don't seek revenge, but we seek to forgive. And they want to know more about that. And so that's how many, many have been brought to faith in Jesus, which is, of course, his primary goal uh, for all of that. Well, that brings us, once you know the, the whom and the why, you don't need to spend much time on the how. The, uh, the question there is, how should we forgive? And you might notice that that's a different question than the one Peter asked, but it's, it's not a different answer than the one Jesus gave. How often was Peter's question, from the heart was Jesus' answer? From a heart that recognizes, well, well, I'm the one who owed the million bucks. I owed it to God. And I've been relieved of that burden. And my sister or my brother is the one who owed me the ten bucks. And I want to be like God. I don't want to be like that ungrateful servant. I want to forgive a heart that is softened, a heart that seeks to be like God, that seeks what's on the screen, to forgive, not as we do by nature, but as He does supernaturally, as He forgives us and enables us to forgive others. Forgiveness, what a great gift to enjoy, but an even greater gift when we share it with others. Amen. In the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.